Now Pashur, the son of Immer, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pashur struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it happened on the day that Pashur brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then Jeremiah said to him, The Lord has not called your name Pashur, but Nagor Misabib. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them in carry them captive to Babylon, and slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the wealth of this city, all its produce, and all its precious things. All the treasures of the kings of Judah I will give into the hand of the enemies, who will plunder them, seize them, and carry them to Babylon. And you, Pasher, and all who dwell in your house shall go into captivity, you shall go to Babylon, and there you shall die, and be buried there, you and all your friends, to whom you have prophesied lies. Okay, so Pasher the priest, looks like he's kind of the chief of temple security. He hears Jeremiah prophesying these things, and what does he have done to Jeremiah? Put in the stocks. Beaten and put in stocks. What are stocks? Kind of a prison thing where you have your head and you have your arms and you have your feet all locked up where you can't really move. Yeah, what's it designed to do? Hurt. Yeah, torture you. It's almost like, you know how they used to stretch people's bodies on the rack and things like that. Yeah, I think the idea of the stocks, this was not supposed to be a pleasant experience. This was supposed to be an unpleasant experience. You know, you beat him and then you torture him in jail and uh, you hopefully teach him a lesson. I think that's Pasher's idea. Perhaps Jeremiah will change his tune when he gets a load of this. So the next day, Pasher releases Jeremiah from the stocks. And what does Jeremiah say? He doesn't change his tune. He doesn't change his tune. You're exactly right. Um, what does he say? What's the first thing he does with Pasher? He changes his name. I'm giving you a new name, Pasher. Instead of Pasher, you're going to be called Magrimisabib. Anybody want that name? I, do you know what it means? Terror on every side. That's what we're going to name you. You're an uh, unholy terror. Uh, and, and meaning that, behold, I'm going to make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends. And uh, everybody around you is going to be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. And he's going to carry away the exiles to Babylon. I believe this is the first time that Jeremiah is prophesying that he's actually named who the nation is that will destroy Judah. It's Babylon. He's been saying Judah will be destroyed, taken into exile, etc. But he's not said who will do it. Now he says it's Babylon, Pasher, that is Magomisabib. And all the stuff of Judah will be given into the uh, Babylonians' hands. And you, Pasher, verse 6, and all who live in your house will go into captivity and you will in Babylon. And there you will die and there you will be buried. You and all your friends to whom you have falsely prophesied. Well, what do you see in Jeremiah?
Relentlessness. Yeah, that's a great word. He's relentless. That is one word I have always struggled with how to translate into Portuguese. I love that word in English. It's just not a good Portuguese equivalent. <laughs> but uh, relentless is great because it's like he won't stop. He just, I don't care what you do to him, he's still going to preach the truth. You know, nothing's going to shut him down. Don't you like that? But what did that take on Jeremiah's part then? Bravery. Bravery, I think so. It takes a lot of guts. Makes you wonder how long you'll keep them. But uh, it takes a lot of uh, strength to be willing to do that. What happens to you when somebody laughs at you for doing what's right? When somebody makes fun of you or tries to, you know, shun you or speak badly about you? Have you ever backed away from doing the right thing just so you don't get picked on? You know, that's a temptation. Well, Jeremiah is not the kind of guy to back down. But maybe because he's a prophet of God, he's got a responsibility to speak the word of God. And so he does. And uh, he does not change his message, even though he's been beaten and put in stocks. And you can imagine that the religious establishment does not like him. You know, he is undermining people's... Um, like a patriotism and loyalty to the government. If anybody listens to Jeremiah, they're going to uh, not do what the government wants them to. So that's the situation here. Do you have a question or comment about this? Yes. Um, that's a very good question. I think there's something to be said on both sides of that. It, it, we should not back down from teaching the truth, from, from saying what's right. We certainly never compromise. Now, you will see Jesus tell the disciples, for example, if you go to a city and you preach to them and they reject the message, then shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else and keep preaching. So it's not like we ought to just get somebody by the nap of the neck and say, I'm going to preach to you until you change. We, but we don't back away from telling the truth, but we may move on to other people so we get the message heard by more people. I think that would be, so, so in a sense, no, we don't stop preaching, but in another sense, when somebody really rejects it, we may go on to somebody else who might accept it. Other thoughts? Okay, let's take a break for a few minutes and then we'll come back and we'll come back some more.